0: This is Reset and can be found at mccabe.io. I'll be talking about anything that plugs in or takes batteries, mostly home automation, networking, home storage, and I'll be bringing some friends along. Reset was inspired by a bent paperclip that's sat on my desk for years. It reminds me that no matter how much we mess something up, there's usually a reset button. Let's get started. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hello everybody, it's Dave here back with another reset podcast for you. Reset number 18, I'm your host, David McCabe. You can be found on Twitter at McCabe.io. I don't tweet a lot, but I try to tweet some of the links and stuff about what I'm talking about, what's interesting, and I don't get all religious and political on you. Although I'm going to talk a little religion here in a second. It's not what you're thinking, but <laughs> let's get after it. I've got tons to go through. Um, plus I want to get back into what I'm reading and I have a personal story for you at the end that I think you might find quite interesting because I have and I'll start out by saying that I, I pulled my Patreons patreon.com slash David McCabe if you'd like to be a part of this group but I pulled these guys and asked them how are we doing with know how to say it, periodicity, how much I publish, basically, how many times I put out a podcast, once a week, once every two weeks, twice a week, once a month, you know, what do you like? And everybody was pretty much like, Dave, whatever the content dictates. So that's what I'm going to do, whatever the content dictates. But right now, it seems to be working every two weeks. That gives me a time to formulate some notes, have something to to actually talk about and not just ramble on about the latest Synology update, which there is one, and we'll talk about that in a little while, but I want to make sure I have something for you, and I I have a busy life, right? I got two kids. I got a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old, soon to increment that by one, and so we're doing that, right? We're doing parties and vacations and spring breaks and baseball and today it was 70 degrees and although it's going to thunderstorm here in a second and be 30 degrees tomorrow you know we're busy so how about every two weeks let's do that i have noticed since podcasting from 2008 if i go every two weeks they actually get downloaded more isn't that crazy the less you put out the more you get downloaded I guess that's how to say it, I think that that just actually gives you time to get to the file, download it, and enjoy it. So I hope that's the case. All right, let's get after it. So I told you, maybe warned you, that I was going to have a religious talk with you. And this is where that is coming. Now, don't fast forward. I really just want to talk to you about smart things. So I had this spooky smart things issue. It was a Tuesday night. It was 9 p.m. Setting the the mood here for you. The garage door opens. Yes, and on cue, there's a lightning strike outside. So kind of a rainstorm happening. But garage door opens. Now, I didn't have my phone with me, but I did get an alert. So I have this thing set up. Chris Compton helped me with this. A garage door after sunset. So if if the sun sets and the garage doors are open, I, I'll get an alert. It's pretty neat to have that. So the garage door opens and she thought she heard it. She being my spouse, my wife, she thought she heard the garage door rumble. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I go out, open the door and the garage is open. Freaked out. I'm like, what in the world? Like, I know I didn't leave it open because I closed it and the light was on. Not the garage lights, but you know, the garage door light. Like it just just had happened or something crossed the sensor. I close it. Come back inside. Hear it again. Brrr, you know, the garage door going up. Like, oh my God, what is going on? Something I've got. Set in my smart things with this garage door opener is gone haywire. So, what I have, I have two separate units to do my garage door. I have a relay switch built in in line from the push button to the garage door. So, I can actually go into my smart things and click it, and it's a momentary switch action. It goes click off, and it will open and close the garage door doesn't know what state the garage is in has no clue. it's just a switch So then I have this other smart things device on it which is a tilt sensor. It is thundering outside it is a very it's an older sensor I've had it since my smart things one days and it it just knows if it's been tilted back or not so you give it a... It doesn't know it's on a garage, right? You have to tell it whether uh, it's garage up or garage down. Now, I have one of these that actually gives me a lot of grief, and I just need to get it swapped out. I have a third one, because I used to have three single garage doors. Now I have two doubles. I need to get that swapped out, because it does cause me grief. So that's kind of what we're talking about here. But it's an older system. It's not the all-encompassing garage door switch and smarts in one device, which you can get in a Z-Wave device for Smart Things. So why is the garage door going up? I closed it. I walked back in the house. It goes up again. I'm like, what in the world is going on? So I get my SmartThings app out, and I dig through, and I'm like, yep, SmartThings sent the signal for this garage door to open. Why is it doing that? Why is it doing that? Start thinking, Dave. I started digging through it. The smart things, smart things itself was set in away mode. It was in away mode. So what I have done, I have a little piece of code in there, and it's not native SmartThings. It's it's an, an RBoy app, RBoy app for SmartThings, and it's if. Someone comes home, do X, right? So I've had a test of if someone comes home, which would be me and would be my phone, and the garage door is closed and it is in a way mode, open the garage door. That's pretty fail-safe for me, right? That means it has to be in a way mode, or alarm on kind of mode, that would hopefully mean no one is home. You could not possibly hit the garage button and squish a child, right? I'm trying to beta test this in a safe manner. So what has happened is I forgot to put it in home mode at some point in time that day. I had left, I had come home, it was still in away mode, and for whatever reason, we don't know why, Smart Things said, Oh, I'm in away mode. Oh, there's Dave's phone. I better open the garage door. Bing! It does what it did what it thought it was supposed to do. But that was not really what I intended, right? So that was that was spooky. It's dark. The garage door opens. You're thinking someone driving around the street with a button and opening all the neighbor's garage doors? Or no, is it my smart things? Probably. Yeah, I caused this. So, I'm getting to that point with smart things. Here is the religious reference that I need to have a CTJM. Now, I just made that up, so I don't know if this is actually an internet meme or not. But it stands for a come to Jesus meeting. You ever heard of that? Anybody ever use that phrase around you? I may be too old for you guys. Um, Come to Jesus meeting. That means I need to sit down across from my smart things and ask it, what are we doing here? Is it me? Is it you? What are we doing? And exactly where are we going? Where are we headed with this? And what is all my investment returning to me? Where do I want to take it, and what do I need to get to that goal, right? Because I've been playing with smart things for two years now, maybe even longer, and adding sensors and adding sensors and adding sensors and adding sensors, but I need to have an end point. I need a goal. I need need return upon my investment, maybe. Now, I get that in small pieces, right? But not in a very large package. And that's kind of what I want, is I want the large package. And I need a secure, happy feeling. And I don't want my garage door to open at 9 o'clock at night. Now, I have long yearned for some type of input-output device that I could stick on the wall and would give me a red dot. Now, when I say red dot, here's what I mean. My experience with home alarm systems, let's see, goes back probably four years. That's it. I've never truly owned one and had one under maintenance contract. I've only owned what I got in the house that was on the wall when we bought it, right? It was an alarm system. It had window, window sensors. It had door sensors. It had glass breakage sensors in the wrong place. But it had that. And if you set the alarm, it would arm. If you opened a door, it would go off. That is my experience with that. And when I say a, I need a red dot, is we would set the alarm at night. My kids knew, don't go outside if the red dot on the alarm panel is on. Otherwise, the door will scream at you or the alarm will scream at you. I need that red dot in smart things. I have searched for said red dot, and I need, my family needs the red dot, and I need it in multiple locations. I need to be able to set the alarm with a PIN code. I need to be able to come in from outside, whether you're gone for a day, whether you're gone for 10 days, and the alarm be set and be able to turn it off with the red dot interface, you know, pin code, pin panel with a dot. I need to be able to set this at night and have a red dot in the morning when I wake up. That's one of my wants. Now, there are a couple of ways to do this. I know that you can order the or use the Lowe's pin pad for iris. I have not yet tested that. So this is partly my fault for not testing everything. You can use a product called Smart Tiles. It's a software product. It's actually going to be renamed to Action Tiles, actiontiles.com, to kind of give you a visual reference of your smart things on a tablet or a phone. Mount said tablet on the wall, and boom, you have your Red dots, sort of. It's actually an icon of a door, you know, with a person going through it. it. looks like going out, right? You're gone. But when you return home, you can simply walk in and hit home, and it goes off. Well, that's not really good for alarms. I am wide open at this point with this CTJM. I almost want to say CTMJ. It just rolls better, but it's actually C-T-J-M. Come to Jesus, maybe. I'm sorry if anybody religious is offended by that. I don't mean to set Jesus down beside me and uh, ask him why my smart things doesn't work. I think you get what I'm talking about, right? Okay. If you are using your smart things as an alarm system, I would love to know this. Let me know. If you know someone else that's doing it, hey, let me know. I... I don't know if I really should be using my home automation hub as an alarm system, but I've got all these sensors. I know if a door is open, I kind of, maybe I could, maybe I don't want to spend 30 to $40 a month on that person that calls my house. Is your alarm on, sir? Right. You know, so There's the Smooky Smart Smart Things issue. There's my religious uh, tone for the podcast. (laughs) It's Reset 18. We can move along. I won't keep you long because I know a couple of you are yelling at your, you know, you know how you do that podcast, like yell like, oh my God, I need to get to a keyboard so I can yell at Dave. Well, maybe we can talk at homeautomationforums.com. Maybe you can yell at me there. Maybe I'm doing it wrong, which would not be the first time, especially according to my wife. So home automation forums. Now, since I have mentioned forums, I'm going to go ahead and move into maybe a community update that my forums, I have three of them, home automation forums, surface geeks forums, and home server show forums. They're due for an upgrade, guys, a big upgrade. But before I do that, I'm going to merge them all. Now, you may have heard me talking about this a little bit. You may have not. This may come to a very, as a very big surprise to you if you have followed me for a very long time. I'm going to merge forums because I don't need to have three of them. I almost had four of them at one time. I've decided to have one larger forum and we will pare down some of the other topics. So the forum that's staying around is homeservershow.com slash forums. Surface Geeks is going to mold into, merge into that, and Home Automation Forums is going to merge into that. So we're going to have some home automation topics, and we're going to have some operating system and tablet topics. I think what we may have some uh, mobile, like a mobile forum, and we may have a trending technology forum, and we will have home automation of course this is going to be a lot of work i'm starting to draft up all the information that i need and to get things to you in order to make this a smooth process i would like to do this in the month month of march i do not have a date set it's going to take me several days there may be some downtime probably going to be some downtime there's going to be some interruptions it's not going to be pretty there's going to be changes and that's the big thing, change. So, you guys are going to have to work through me with that. But we will, I will, I will get this done. And we're going to have uh, a better forum uh, in the end. So, it's going to be cool. Now, I want to move on because somebody is back. John Stutzman, Mr. Microserver, has several brand new posts about an IC Dock Express cage. Now, this, kind, this cage is um, something that you would put in a server. If you guys didn't, don't remember, I used to run this server and storage podcast, but it has molded into reset as we know it today. Mr. John Stutzman has got this ICDoc cage, and ICDoc makes all kinds of cool peripherals for hard drives and external drives and mounts and caddies and all kinds of cool stuff. This one is, I'm not even going to tell you what the nomenclature is, but it holds six drives. It, it looks really cool. It's a SAS SATA hot swap cage for five and a quarter bays. So John's got three-part post on unboxing, installation, and performance of the cage. So he's got a lot of stuff for you. I will put a link in the show notes. And I just wanted to say it's really good to see John Stutzman back and posting and doing some YouTube videos. I know he recently had a move, and I know how that is, John, and I know that uh, everybody else is glad to see you posting again, too. So, welcome back. Actually, it's a really popular post. It's got the popular star on it there in the forums, and you can also find it at homeservershow.com. Now, that gets me thinking, do we need to start talking about Meetup 2017? I know it's early. Getting the word out might not hurt. So if you have some thoughts for Meetup 2017, I think we'll do a meetup. Why wouldn't we do a meetup? Last year, last year was a big one. So last year I popped the old in the podcast routine, launch a podcast routine on everybody. Had a good time and we had some good demos and technology and had, I, I had a great time. Um, I hope everybody that came did as well. Last year we had um, someone from across an ocean visit us at Meetup. Now, I want to throw this out there. Now, one guy listening, a couple of my Australian guys, to be uh a matter of fact, I think we need someone from Australia. I think we need to make the ultimate distance prize for someone to visit from Australia, we've had someone from Europe. Now we need to push the boundary. We need Australia, so I need need you guys to represent. Meet up seventeen. Let's get this done. Start thinking about start thinking about September, and maybe just clear your calendar in September. Just tell your wife, tell your boss, clear all the weekends, Friday through Sundays, in September, in preparation. <laughs> For Meetup 17, you do need to come. It will be fun. Now, I was joking with you about the always coming at you with some Synology update news, but this one's pretty big. Disk Station Manager 6.1 is out. Now, you may, if you run Synology, you've probably heard of this. Uh, You get an email, you probably have seen it in your uh, DSM as an update ready for you. But it's got a lot of neat things. Um, Their brand new file system, it's called BTRFS file system, has been extended to many more devices. I don't have that list in front of me, but if you do not have BTRFS on your system, maybe check 6.1. Maybe it's ready for you. There's a new feature called file self-healing. It's able to auto-detect corrupted files within... Uh, with mirrored metadata and recover those using uh, RAID volumes. So if it's um, RAID 1, 5, 6, and 10 or Synology Hybrid RAID if you're running that which that's how I'm running it. So file self-healing. That's kind of kind of scary sounding but it's kind of neat. There's all kinds of different little updates. Uh, Active Directory Server that seems kind of neat. Universal search um, Synology has a lot of different like applications and whatnot, and they're applying universal search to them. They've got their Note Station, they've got their Office, they've got Mail, and of course, you know, file storage. And I think that's what file um, universal search is aiming at. I honestly, I have not put in six point one in mind, I kind of, I wait a little bit. Actually, I wait because I don't catch it right off the bat, right? And I put it in, like I'll, I have two. So I'll stick it on, actually I have three, (laughs) three Synology boxes. I'll put it on my surveillance station box, right? It's just cameras. And then I'll put it on my server side box. And I also have this third unit, which is a two-disc, and that's what everything kind of gets copied to. So it's in a different location. It's kind of nice to have two so you can keep one in a different location. Every night, the main one goes out to the cloud and downloads all my stuff from OneDrive or Amazon or, you know, whatever. And it copies it to that second one. So we always have uh, three copies, two two here at home and one out in the cloud. And of course, you've got that. if Phones, you've got a copy on your phone, too. Okay, what else do we need to start talking about? I've got a Wi Fi situation that I seem to always have a Wi Fi situation. I've got a chair in my office. It's red. If you've been up here, you've seen this. It has six arrows sitting in it. Six arrows sitting in my chair. So, Dave, what are you using for Wi Fi? I'm using a single almond three access point which i like very much but i'm having trouble adding additional access points it just will not let me i don't know what it is <clears throat> it's killing me i it drives me crazy i'm talking through my teeth because it makes me angry um i can't add an additional i have two more additional ones that i need to add and it won't let me do that so I think the Almond is going to go onto the chair as well until I can figure that out. I've got the Synology, what is that thing, the RT2600AC sitting up there ready for the power switch, ready to be speed tested, and then go into full production. And I'm really looking forward to that. Now, having said speed tests, I've got phase two done. And what I mean by phase two is phase one speed test I tested Let's see, the Eero, the Orbi, and the Almond3 against each other with some speed test apps, and I posted that in the homeservershow.com forums. Phase two, now that was just in a room, open air, 20 feet apart from testing unit to testing PC. Now, the second one was I did uh, some range testing, and I also did some speed testing through a wall. To see what that would do, didn't change much. I didn't put I didn't put enough in between it. it. Didn't change much, but I still gotta publish that. So I need to publish that, and then I need to get this Synology tested, and I I need to move on. I don't feel like I have a product for my home yet. Isn't that weird? I have Orbi, Almond, Synology, Eero. There's got to be something else laying around here. All this stuff sitting in my house. And I don't feel like I'm comfortable with it yet. Now, the Eero was it, it was running, but I, I I don't know. I don't know, guys. I may use it to fund something else. That's kind of what I do. If I think if I had one more Orby, I would probably be set. I don't like the app, but it may catch up. The Almond 3, I like. But it's not being it's not playing nicely right now. The Eero I would like more features as a router. So I'm thinking maybe I might even go back to Synology as the router. And maybe Eero as the A piece. Or maybe even Orbi. Maybe maybe Almond. I don't know. <laughs> I'm tired of changing but I'm getting it done this is my problem and not your problem so bear with me I want to bring you along this little journey though I have recently migrated not completely but migrated from Evernote to OneNote I use both now is that crazy to use both so I used to use Google Docs as my Platform of choice, platform of choice for podcasting. That means myself and other podcasters would be in a a document for show notes all at one time. I switched to OneNote, which we could do the same thing you could share it out as my platform of choice for podcasting. And I always used Evernote as a personal you know note taking app, right. It's where the personal information would be, my travel, you know, just information here and there. So I still have quite a bit of that in there, personally. But all of my reviews and my podcasting and all that good stuff is in OneNote, and I'm I'm liking this transition. I did not like being in two, and I finally made that transition. Now, there are things I like about OneNote that I... I like things about both of them, right? Both as a platform. But I'm slowly coming around to OneNote as my main note-taking app. I just, I just thought I would share that with you. It, it's a pain in the butt. OneNote has a an app to help you migrate from Evernote to OneNote. But it doesn't, I mean, it works. It gets the information over, which is the most important thing. So you don't have to do a whole bunch of cutting and pasting. But it doesn't put it in very good places, so you have to kind of clean that up yourself. But it's better than nothing. Trust me. I'm 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 appreciative of those, or whoever created that uh, transfer app. I'm really appreciative of that. So if you're on Evernote or OneNote or both, you could tell me about your experiences. You can follow me on Twitter at McCabe Io, and I will. I once thought that I was going to use the Synology note-taking app, but I'm I'm at this point where I'm comfortable. I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. I don't think I want to make another change. I make enough changes in this house that drives people crazy and the printer won't print that I don't think I need to add that much more complexity to my life. So... Okay, a little news wrap-up, and then I'll let you guys go. Kavo, if this is a name you haven't heard. It has kind of created that little bit of stir in the media world. It's Kavo, C-A-A-V-O. It's a streaming box that, you know, this, this is going to be hard for me to explain. I don't know if I can wrap my head around this, but do you remember the thing that i was griping about about lg scraping your screen collecting data what you're watching and selling that to advertisers cavo is using pretty much the same philosophy to do everything that you would want a media box to do so you hook up everything you own to this thing apple tv roku your fire tv whatever you want and you don't even pay attention about HDMI 1 through 3. So it's not a streaming box itself. It is like a universal remote or a control mechanism for all the streaming boxes you already own. I want to give you a link. It's The, the Verge is the folks that dropped this. And actually they've got a nice video on it. And... The Walt Mar- Mossberg podcast, uh, Control Walt, delete has uh, a really good, uh, a good chat about this this box, which I think it sounds interesting. I mean, I can barely get my Harmony remote to work, so you tell me what you think about the Cavo. Okay, I've been bullish on a company named Nucleus. Now, Nucleus has a new announcement for their hardware platform. What they've done is they've got a little screen that you put, Nucleus says that most of you put it in your kitchen, but you can put it in every room in your house and you can video to each other. It's like a Wi-Fi video intercom system, if you will. The cool thing is, is you can put one of those in grandma's house and you can kind of, it's kind of like FaceTime. You can FaceTime grandma you know, right from your Nucleus box. But they've announced something new, and that is an, ale- an A-L-E-X-A. I almost said it, didn't I? Sorry about that. It is uh, an A-L-E-X-A skill. So you can say, keyword, enable the Nucleus skill. And you can, you can say, keyword, tell Nucleus to call the kitchen. And then you've got the intercom, you know, back and forth. Now, these things are expensive. They have uh, the they put them on sale, which I'm sure is gone by now, and they were $149 each. That was Black Friday pricing. So that means they're about $200 each normally, and you're going to need two of them to get anything done. And after you get two, you're probably going to want more. So we're talking about a very expensive endeavor, but it is something that... Like I said, I've been uh, bullish on. I think it's a great idea. I think there is room in the smart home for the intercom to come back. And I don't see anything wrong with having video uh, be a big part of that. And I think I would like that in my house. So I'm going to continue to watch Nucleus. I'll try to leave a link in the show notes for you on that one. Something that we watched a lot on the homeservershow.com podcast is a company by the name of Backblaze. Now these guys are a cloud storage uh, provider and once a year they come out with a list of hard drives that are most or least likely to fail. Now these guys are taking, I mean they had this interesting article a couple years ago when there was a hard drive shortage because of the floodings in uh, I think Indonesia and uh, Thailand they were just going from Best Buy to Best Buy, buying every hard drive they could. Yeah, this cloud storage platform going to Best Buy and buying every single hard drive they could. It was an interesting story, but they shared their failure rates, and these guys have got a lot of hard drives, and they'll tell you, you know, what has done the best and what hasn't. Now, there's a lot to refute on this because of the way they're using them you know consumer type drives and but there's you can glean a lot of information from this as well so i will leave that note in the or, uh, that link in the show notes as well because it's at least an interesting read right and our forums at homeservershow.com loves to get a hold of this thing and just beat these guys to a pulp about the way they use these hard drives but they're doing it they've got the data they might as well share it, right? Now, speaking of cloud uh, cloud providers, cloud backup providers, Tom's Guide has a post about the best. The best ones for, is this 2016? Uh, maybe it's just the best up to now. CrashPlan, Backblaze, and a company called iDrive are in these, and they've got all kinds of data. They have looked at a couple of more, like Acronis and Carbonite, and they will talk about those in their review of this. Can I just tell you, right now, I think you, if you've listened to me, you know uh, which one that I would choose. Yes, it's CrashPlan. It's got its pros and cons. Most, most of its cons are its software interface, which I would love to, them to rewrite someday. You, you think as much as I've complained about this over the years, they would uh, get away from this uh, huge, fat, abhorrent—I shouldn't say the abhorrent, but the, this huge JavaScript-based. Uh, I think it's Java, right? Um, software program. More files you have, the more memory it takes. It just eats and eats and eats. But it's pretty good backup, guys. It's pretty good backup. So they won from. Tom's Tom's Guide. Logitech has announced the first ever 4K professional webcam, and it's got Windows Hello built into it. So this is pretty neat. This comes from the Win Super site, and a lot of folks are getting a hold of this camera right now and testing it out, and there's a lot of information to come at you. This thing is expensive, if I remember correctly. How much is this thing? Yeah, it's $199. That, that's crazy, crazy expensive. But hey, it's Windows Hello, which is a really, really good system for logging in. I love it. But this thing also does some really good imaging with its 4K image sensor. It will scale down, of course, to 1080p, uh, 30 frames per second, uh, 720p at 60 frames per second, and I just don't know if it's worth the $200. Let's wait for it to hit Amazon and see if we can get that price down. Otherwise, I'm going to stick with my, what's it called? The 920, I think it is, the 1080p camera, which is probably the best web camera on the market today. It just doesn't have Windows Hello. So there is there is something to be said about having a camera log you in to your computer. That is pretty good. Now, let me get you out of here, but I first want to share with you uh, what I'm reading. Now, I don't necessarily have a link for a long read for you to go read this right now. But I want to share with you, last weekend, I was fortunate enough to take a long weekend with my family and go out to the Arizona area. I've I've been pretty much all over Arizona uh, in the military and as a tourist, been to the Grand Canyon all over the cities there. And this time we we spent it in Phoenix and goofed around with the kids there. But we finally ended at Superstition Mountains. Now I had no idea that this existed. It is the it is a gorgeous mountain range outside of Phoenix and it has a lot of history and lore about it. About gold and Apache Indians and Spaniards and miners. I'm sure you've probably heard of the Lost Dutchman's Mine that is there. It, I get on these, uh, I get interested in something, and it, I, it's hard to get it out of my head, right? So, I went on about a four to five year World War. To history uh, binge and I've, I finally weaned off of that I've been off of that for probably a year and a half two years now but that was that was the only thing I did for a while it was just binged on World War II history now I'm fighting this one as much as possible because I know what happens when I get going on a subject. And I do. I get going on a subject and I get a little crazy about it and I soak up everything humanly possible about it. Now, superstitions, superstition mountains. Read up about it. Throw a Google search and read a couple of things about it. There is a History Channel uh, series about this that I think I'm going to order and watch, but I do know that it has a lot of uh, a lot of things that got wrong, right? It's for TV. You have to kind of remember that. I've been watching a lot of YouTubes about it, uh, trying to figure out history and why things are the way they were. And it's interesting to me. I, this is what I do, right? I get interested in a topic and I Beat it until it's a bloody pulp to the detriment of those around me, which includes you. Now, I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to do this uh, day in, day out, especially on a podcast, but I have trouble. I sit down at my PC and my fingers just want to read more, right? I want to search more. I want to read more. It drives me crazy. Now, I'm hoping I pull one of you or two of you down with me. It actually, there is a lot of hiking. If you are a hiking fan, you've no doubt heard of this, and probably hiked this area. You can hike this area like crazy. People do day hikes. They do three-day hikes. People have done seven-day hikes. And I would love to be able to do that. But I would, of course, be probably looking for the Lost Dutchman's Mine for the gold. I got some beautiful photographs of of the area, and uh, maybe I'll share those with you someday. It's a phenomenally beautiful area. I cannot even explain to you the mystique of just gazing out on the Superstition Mountains. What it can do to you. I I'm that way though. I look at something like that. And I know that there's history within it, and I have to know more about it. That's, that's, that's my defect. That's just how I'm made, and I wanted to share that with you as what I'm reading. I did buy a book, and I'm currently going through that, but I I am I'm absorbing material from every corner and every angle of the earth right now, so... Please bear with me (laughs) if you know anything about it. Hit me up. Love to chat with you. Love to chat with you. All right, everyone, that has been Reset number 18. Thanks for sticking with me once again. Give it some stars in your local iTunes directory. I would appreciate that. And don't forget the Patreon account, patreon.com slash McCabe. This has been Reset a member of the Geeks Network. Check out thegeeksnetwork.com for more great podcasts and forums. Reset can be found at mccabe.io, youtube.com slash McCabe for the videos, and on Twitter at mccabe.io. Intro and outro music by Daryl Lee. Find Daryl Lee at soundcloud.com, Daryl Lee Music. That's D-E-R-L-E-E, music. Support of this podcast can be done at patreon.com slash McCabe. And if you wouldn't mind, throw a couple stars out there on iTunes if you get a chance to. Thank you for supporting, and I'll see you next week on Reset.